Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Vemsite's official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. My name is Orion, and today I'm only joined by Tyler. That's me. Womp womp. Womp womp. It's kind of a slow week. It's week 9 of our Absolute Carnage podcast series, in which we cover the event's latest comics and tie-ins. This week we only had one issue, which was Absolute Carnage, the Immortal Hulk number 1. So, uh, let's just jump into it, I guess. It was, um, I'll say that from the, it, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 30 tie-in, in that, uh, if you're not a reader of the, of the, uh, of the core series, like, if you're not a reader of the Immortal Hulk, you're probably not going to get much of what's going on here. Um... Most of this issue is, focuses on the Mortal Hulk. There's very little to do with Venom. But you will uh, recognize some plot points from Absolute Carnage if you've been following the series along. So That's what I was just about to say, that I do think... like I, I like both Amazing Spider-Man and Immortal Hulk, but I would say this issue does tie in a bit better into the event yeah. than Spider-Man did. Yeah, definitely did. You can you can follow the chronology of the Absolute Carnage event through this story. Like you see the major beats and you see it from Bruce Banner and the Hulk's perspective. So it's very interesting and you know, it's funny because uh I think with a lot of tie-ins for events, uh it's like you you're interrupting the main ongoing series for a character or for a team. Uh, just to tie them into a, a overall event, and you're trying to make it so that they're included in this event. But um, uh, as Immortal Hulk here points out, he thinks whatever's going on in the Absolute Carnage at first is about the Hulk, uh, specifically, of course, about um, the Red Hulk, uh, Thunderbolt Ross, who is dead and his body goes missing, which as Bruce says that's never a good thing for a Hulk. Yeah, because because as has been established in the current Hulk book, basically anybody with gamma-related powers has been coming back to life through the green door. And so naturally, I really like that Bruce immediately thinks this is about him. This is oh, it's the it's the one below all. It's it's coming back. He's Ross is like, or yeah, Thunderbolt Ross is back from the dead. There was red stuff outside. Red Hulk. It's got to be that no idea what's actually going on but he just he thinks it's all about it yeah that's i think that was one of the fun parts about this story is seeing you know we you know as people who have been following up the cars we know this is of course not all, all about him so there's a bit of a dramatic irony going on with this story and uh it's great when towards the end when he starts to learn oh this really isn't about me that uh, Bruce is basically deciding, well, you know what, even though it's not about me, I'm going to get myself involved in this and try to help out where I can. Whereas uh, what I assume is the Devil Hulk personality is absolutely against the idea, uh, saying, you know, this is going to, nothing good will come of getting involved with this. It's not even supposed to be about us. Yeah, and so, like, like even when we get, get later, when, like, Spider-Man starts filling him in what's going on with Null and all that. He was in a bit of a denial, I think. And he's like, hmm, Cosmic Satan? Sounds like what I'm dealing with. 
And so, like, he thinks knowledge is like an aspect or something of the one below all. That could be true. Like, I don't quite think it is. And I think this is more just Bruce being self-centered and just thinking everything's revolving around him right now. Yeah. Although I do like the fact that he was trying to make the connection there because it does bring up a fun point to think about, you know, is the one is the one below all and null perhaps the same entity? don't think it's the same entity, but, I mean, there could be some sort of relation. I don't think there is, but the possibility is there. Yeah. So, and Ewing is the continuity master, and if anyone's going to tie them in together, it's definitely him. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, art-wise, you know, I kind of like the, the style that's going on. I mean, I, I've, I've seen some people saying, you know, it's not quite a great style, um, especially if it's supposed to be really about the Immortal Hulk. I haven't myself read the Immortal Hulk, so I'm not at all familiar with it, although this issue does pique my interest. So good job for this issue, you know. I, I, I will say it's a very unique style, and I do enjoy it. I can see why some people wouldn't. I don't really, you don't really see a lot in comics. It's just this really simplistic sort of style that it just, I, I don't really know how to describe it. It's just a really cool style that I really was digging. Yeah, it was, it's pretty cool. I like it. And I like um, the panel where uh, Bruce is tr trying to compare Null to uh, the one below all, and we see um, Carnage versus Venom. And I really like mm. that panel, especially. I like that interpretation of Carnage versus Venom. It's very reminiscent of... Um, the classic Clayton Crane stuff from Venom vs. Carnage, I think. I can see that. It, it, it actually reminded me a bit of... Uh, the Venom actually reminded me a bit of the ways, the covers from Ways Run. Yeah, yeah. And just, yeah, just the way Venom was drawn with like the outward-facing teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, the way Carnage is drawn, it kind of reminds me of some sort of horrific-looking monster from, uh, you know, a Studio Ghibli film. Like maybe uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's is is very almost I would say, I I mean I've only seen it so much, but uh, very Japanese to me the way he, he, I can see the the big sort of like hunched over figure with the long spindly limbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but I, I did I did really enjoy this issue. This issue, if I would say this issue is necessary is tells you how he got from the Immortal Hulk book to Venom, to Absolute Carnage. It serves as a bridge, so if you really want to know how that happened, this fills you in all, all the information, why Banner is suddenly there, and it, it, it even dealing with all the stuff. Like, this issue fits perfectly into the Immortal Hulk run. You know exactly where this and another issue where uh, in Fantastic Four and Dan Slott's thing, he had a little thing with Hulk versus the, the thing, and it perfect, like Ewing was able to perfectly fit that in. Like, oh yeah, Hulk was gone for days at a time. We don't know where he went. Tell. So uh, I think that's really cool on Ewing's part. Yeah, he he specifically fits this into his story. Yeah, and that's one thing I really like about this book is it's easy to tell where it fits in the grand scheme of the event. Like you know, it basically takes place right after Absolute Carnage number three. One thing I wanted to ask you: Were you a little bit confused reading the Immortal Hulk book. Um, Betty, uh, quote-unquote, folded him up. 
which is pretty gruesome, I want to say. It, it was it was pretty gruesome. I was like, wow, man, they're really treating poor Banner terribly. Wow. He but, just but, but, but then right after that, they show, like, they show Bruce's, I don't know if you know this, but this Bruce's dad saying, like, oh, Bruce, she just keeps killing you, doesn't she? Oh, okay. Is that at all? No, I didn't get that at all. No. Like, he's been sort of like, his spirit has sort of been involved in the run, connected to the one below all. So, like, someone for you, you wouldn't know that whatsoever, and I don't think they do a good job of explaining that for those two panels he appears in. Yeah. That's definitely a a bit of a negative, but... And I I do like how called the police about the body of mass grave. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I gotta say, I kind of like um, Betty Ross's design in this. Her kind of the red harpy. Yeah, the red harpy is. I like this design. It's pretty cool. No, it's a cool mix of her original harpy stuff and then her red Hulk stuff. Cool mixture of that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, otherwise, I, I mean, this was a good issue. I think. Um, like I said, from a Venomaniac's perspective, if you're not at all familiar with uh, absolute or with um with Immortal Hulk, and you're only following it for Absolute Carnage, it is going to be kind of like uh, The Amazing Spider-Man number 30, where it's like, it it barely has anything to do with Absolute Carnage, but it's a bit better than Abs- than Amazing Spider-Man number 30 in that you can actually uh, follow it along for, a bit better. For how much it gets tied into the event. Yeah. And, but I will say, it, I do find it very amusing that we get basically a whole page mentioning, talking about Angelo... Angelo Fortunato. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that that's pretty good. Like, poor poor kid was like, what, what did they say? Like only for like five minutes he was Venom. Yeah, they're they're like he was for about five minutes he was Venom. <laughs> yep. Just this is funny that these little references to Angelo were getting first in the main series and then in this as well, and then plus that Codex variant he also got. Yeah. <laughs> this is Angelo's time, baby. <laughs> yeah. Angelo's comeback. <laughs> Uh, what did you think about the whole narr- the 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 way they like with him sitting in the room talking to the symbiote, his other personalities walking in and out? Like, h- how did you feel about that? Um, you know, to me, it felt like it was just. I mean, I mean, I understand that it was supposed to be, uh, like from the beginning, I understood it was supposed to be Banner talking to the symbiote, but yeah. it felt more like uh, narration to me than a uh, conversation since it's a very one-sided conversation. Yeah, that's fair. That, I think it would have been cool to have some uh, light boxes from Venom talking back to it. That would have actually been... Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, that would have been really cool. We would have got to see some back and forth, though that given a, given it away to less in-the-know people. Yeah. I do like how he talks about it. He's like, I'm pretty sure I was there when it all started. Like, him and Thor walk out of that room with Spidey in Secret Wars on Battleworld. Yeah walks in and gets the costume so i did like the conversation especially since like banner even talks about like i'm not a huge hulk fan because like immortal hulk's the first time i've really actually gotten into the hulk it's like oh yeah this is the first time been a long time since i've had a conversation like this so i have vague knowledge that bruce used to do this with his personalities a lot and we haven't really seen this in the immortal hulk run oh here mr bizarnage he'd be able to tell us more but Someone decided to not show, so if you're listening, go give him shit for not being here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Aaron. I mean, Mr. 
my dad's a huge Hulk fan, and so am I. Where are you? <laughs> was down. Oh well, you know. It was down big time. I mean, we we did record this late in the week because uh, you know it was one episode, and and I mean, well, one one comic, and uh, I had things to do on Wednesday night, so I was like, oh, let's postpone this. But anyway, we finally got around to it, and uh, we're gonna get this episode out. So. I think that's a good place to put a pin in today's episode. Um, you can listen in next week as we review Absolute Carnage, num- Miles Morales number three, and Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-one. You can also listen to We Are Venomaniacs on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, and iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. We can also be found on Twitter at wav underscore podcast. Check out our Discord server and become a member of the audience during our next live recording of We Are Venomaniacs. Join us, won't you? As always, thank you to my fellow host, Tyler, for joining me today. Happy to be here. And thanks to the Venom site for permitting us to make this podcast under the TVS banner and all of your generous support. And finally, thank you, loyal listeners and fellow Venomaniacs. You guys make an awesome community and it's an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venomaniacs. And now, a word from one of our partners at The Collective, a network of superhero podcasts. WhenItWasCool.com is your source for the best in retro pop culture. When It Was Cool features articles and podcasts on retro TV and movies, toys, action figures, pro wrestling, food, video games, and more. Hit the Patreon button to support us and get instant access to hundreds of premium podcasts and features. Family-friendly and fun. WhenItWasCool.com